0: You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And
2: now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked
1: On Kings. Not even 24 hours since the NBA draft lottery and mock drafts are everywhere. They're going crazy on the internet, on social media, who is going to be available for the Kings at number nine, who the Kings should take at number nine. Some of the consistent things we've seen is Cade Cunningham going number one overall, Evan Mobley going number two overall, but after that, it's a freaking crapshoot. And on today's Locked On Kings podcast, we're going to try and make sense of the many questions surrounding this number nine pick for the Sacramento Kings, like... Are the Kings potentially going to trade this pick? What kind of value does this pick have? Could the Kings use this pick and package it with a player or two to go out and address their needs in the trade market? Or... Are there going to be players potentially available at that number nine range that can come in and make the immediate impact that Sacramento is looking for? On today's Locked On Kings podcast, I'm going to be joined by Rafael Barlow, one of the hosts of the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast, also the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. Rafael and I are going to have a two part conversation. Part one today is us focusing on that number nine pick and what players could potentially be available, what players the Sacramento Kings should be targeting around that range, and which guys. Guys check those immediate impact boxes. That's today. On tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast, Raphael and I are going to talk a lot about the possibility of trading this pick, what kind of value it has, packaging it with Marvin Bagley or Harrison Barnes or Buddy Heald and seeing what kind of return. Plus, uh, we're going to look at this offseason as a whole for the Sacramento Kings and try and figure out how this draft can be used to solve so many issues that this team has. It's gonna be chaotic, it's gonna be fun, a two-part interview right here on the Locked On Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts. Full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December. This is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Green Room. Download the Green Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our locked on rooms. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Sports Radio host for the last six years, approaching my seventh anniversary In Sacramento Radio, and I'm also looking forward to season number eight, covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. I have no time to waste today. Like I said, this interview with Rafael went so long that I'm making it a two-parter. Just so much good content, good conversation. And honestly, out of the two, today is my favorite part of this interview because we're really diving into which prospects could be available at nine and which players Rafael thinks would be good fits, and also potentially the best talent available at that nine spot. He and I really work together to find those pieces that are going to make the immediate impact that we believe Monty McNair and the Sacramento Kings are looking for if they were to keep the pick and draft a player. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with one of the hosts of the Locked on NBA Draft podcast and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies, Rafael Barlow. The draft lottery has come and gone. We know where the Sacramento Kings will be selecting. They end up where they should have been, at the ninth spot. So now the question is, who do they take, or really... Who are they considering potentially trading the draft pick for? We don't know what Monty McNair and the Sacramento Kings are going to do, but in this month buildup to draft night itself, we're going to try and answer as many questions as possible so that at least we're not surprised by anything. That's the ultimate goal. And right now I am joined by one of the hosts of the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. He's the Monday and Thursday host. He's also the founder of the NBA Draft Junkies. It's Rafael Barlow kind enough to join me rafael was with me and a bunch of other hosts on the uh, locked on nba draft lottery live show that we did yesterday and and i enjoyed our conversation our brief conversation there so much i wanted to steal him for 15 20 minutes here on locked on kings Raphael, welcome my friend thank you for joining me
2: no problem anytime you want me on, let me know I, i love talking basketball so um and then the kings have uh some options there. So I, I love trying to figure out what, what teams are going to do next around draft time. So this is going to be a pleasure.
1: So let's, let's start there. If I tell you, if I were to say the ninth overall pick is blank, what what are you filling in that blank with good, uh, underwhelming a, a good spot to be? What are you thinking around that nine range?
2: Uh, I mean, you always want to be in the top five. I mean, maybe not during the season. You, you want your team to win unless they are, clearly looking to tank like you know the thunder or or the rockets i mean i guess if you're a king's fan you wanted the team to win and compete this year and you didn't make the playoffs so now you're you know towards the back end of the lottery but i think they have some options that that um you know could possibly come in and help them next year or even that they could package and build in a deal to to get a player that can Help them come and win, and speed up the process because I know it's been a it's it's been a long time since the Kings have have seen the playoffs. So
1: yeah, to say the absolute least, and we unfortunately pay way too much attention to the draft lottery and the NBA draft every single year. And it would be great for the Kings to get to a position where they're not worried about it as much. And that's where it's important to have the context of how we believe the Kings are going to be approaching the draft this season. Last season it was this team needs a lot of help we're looking for a, a player to fit next to De'Aaron Fox. We're going to try and take the best player available. Who knows who's going to be available at 12. All of a sudden Tyrese Halliburton falls to 12. He's there. The Kings have their young core, or at least young duo of the future in Fox and Halliburton. Now it's about accelerating the process of getting the Kings back in the playoff conversation. I believe there is pressure uh, on Monty McNair and the Kings as a whole from ownership because of uh, the just the, the fact that the Kings are, are risking being a, a historic 16 straight seasons without the playoffs if they miss again next season. So that paired with wanting to please De'Aaron Fox, who's just now starting uh, his uh, year one of his max contract that he signed with the team. The Kings are not trying to wait around. They're trying to figure things out and solve some of their issues right away uh, and Outside of the top five, do you see the potential for a rookie for the Kings to go out and grab that can be that immediate impact that the Kings are looking for?
2: You know what? I, I think so. Just because you look at where they were last year, and last year was considered a weak draft by some. It was a draft that people were actually looking forward to this draft, and the Kings got a, who I think is a – a foundational piece in Halliburton. So if they can get lucky again like that this year, then then yeah, I mean, there's some guys that could help.
1: So Tyrese Halliburton falling and sliding to 12 was you're right. In a way, the Kings getting lucky in, in this case, in your mind, who would be that, get lucky guy to slide to nine for Sacramento that most drafts have him going or most mocks, I guess, at this point, have him going before nine. Is there any name that that pops into your mind there?
2: Well, you know what, before I get into that, I was critical of Tyrese Halliburton. I was not a big fan of Halliburton last year. And what I did mention, I felt like the best teams for him where he could look good and succeed were the Warriors. The kings, the and the sons. I felt like he's a a combo. Like he's a he's a point guard. I mean, he's a decision maker. But if you put him on the on the floor with another guard that can break down the defense, get into the paint, I think it makes him look good. Because I don't really consider him as like a an engine to an offense. I think he's a great complimentary guard because he's a good shooter and a good playmaker. But not the type of guy that's going to get into the lane and you know, break defenses down. And he ended up going to Sacramento where Darren Fox is the engine that makes everything go. So I thought he was in a perfect position. I felt like if he would have went to another team that he, like Detroit, for example, I don't think he looks as good. Mm -hmm. So saying all that to say this, sometimes it's all about fit. Mm -hmm. And if you get a guy that um, ends up being a good fit with the Kings, and I think you can maximize the skill set while well, if it's not a good fit then then it's going to look like a another bad pick so oh man so in this range I mean you, you see like Franz Wagner's always in this in this range you see like the Moses Moody's the Keon Johnson's and to me with this draft I think right now maybe like a few months ago we thought all right we know who the top five are and then lately, it seems like the top six is set. Mm-hmm. So anywhere between seven through 14, I think it's, it's pretty pretty fluid and interchangeable. So I think there's a wide range of guys that Sacramento can look at that could possibly come in to help. I mean, you you, you wonder, are you going to go for a guy like Corey Kispert, who is somewhat of a safer pick? He should be able to come in and, you know, fill a role, or are you going to go with, high upside, a uh, uh, Keon Johnson or, or a Kai Jones, someone that a little raw is going to take some time, but they have a really high ceiling.
1: So you brought up the a number of names there that I actually do want to ask you about specifically, but you also said there that it sounds like or it feels like more and more it's the top six that are being solidified. We don't necessarily know the order. And I assume when you say that, you're you're meaning Scotty Barnes is that yep. sixth. That is added to the top five. And Scotty Barnes is a name that has been very interesting, intriguing here in Sacramento. I think the general consensus is the Kings were never really going to be in a position to grab him. Even if they moved up, they didn't want to take him too high if they moved into the top four. So it never really seemed like Scotty ever had much of a path to come here to Sacramento. But I'll ask it for the sake of asking it. Is there a chance in your mind that Scotty suddenly slides on draft night and could be available at nine? That seemed like a possibility a couple of weeks ago. Now it's like wishful thinking.
2: I don't know. I mean, when he had the seven, three wingspan measurements at the combine, I think that kind of solidified him as a, a top six, maybe even still has a chance to go top five. If, if he falls on, on draft night, then I wonder if it's some type of intel that came out at the last minute. But as of now, based off of, you know, what we know today, I just I, I just don't see him falling.
1: Today's episode of the Lockdown On Kings podcast is brought to you by Spotify's Green Room, the social audio platform made for sports fans. It's an app that's free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. It's perfect for nights like last night to talk and listen along with fans like yourself or just other fans around the league who are following the NBA draft lottery, or it's great for watch parties for NBA playoff action. I'm looking forward to doing a bunch of stuff with it next year surrounding the Sacramento Kings. You can even find Locked On hosts all across the NBA, MLB, NHL, and NFL. Go download the free Green Room app currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues, and I can't wait to join you all on the app. I'll let you know when Locked On Kings rooms do go live. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports.
0: This is Jake from Locked On. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: So, uh, of the number of names you brought up, uh, Franz Wagner is very interesting. Chad Ford, uh, from Chad Ford's Big Board here on on the Locked On Podcast Network. He called Franz Wagner the analytics darling of this draft, (laughs) and the Kings have a very analytics... Uh, Oriented front office with Monty McNair coming from that that Houston Rockets system under under Daryl Morey. What are your thoughts on the the fit of Franz Wagner potentially in Sacramento? Is the number nine range the right uh, spot for the Kings to consider him or consider grabbing him? And in your mind, what is the uh, the immediate impact that Wagner could provide Sacramento?
2: I like Franz a lot. I think that he is a guy that. I consider him for the most part a plug and play guy. I think you can pair him with any group of players or any system. And I think his game is versatile enough to where he can blend in. Then we're talking about a guy that can play both forward spots. He passes the ball. He can play pick and roll if you need him to. He is a, a active defender. So he gets into the passing lanes. I think he averaged close to like a steal in a block per game. So I think that he's a, a glue guy that would do all the little things that contribute to winning. So to me, if you're a Sacramento, you you love to have a guy like that on your team.
1: Compared though to Moses Moody and Chad Ford was not high on Moody at all. I was surprised Chad had him at like 14 or 15 on his big board, and I've only seen Moody moving up uh, in a lot of mock drafts to now the 7-8-9 range when he was maybe 11, 12, 13 uh, a couple of weeks ago. Comparing Franz Wagner to Moses Moody, uh, what are the similarities? What are the differences? What advantage does one have over the other? And I'm I'm piling a lot of questions into one big question here. And then out of the two, who would you pick or or think has the higher potential for a, a better NBA career?
2: That's a, a good question. I mean, Wagner's a little older, at least well, he has two years under his belt of college experience. Um, I see Moody as more so of a three and D guy. And he shot about 35, 36% from three. So I wouldn't label him a sniper hmm. at this point, but he's a guy that I, I feel like he's a, a good rebounder from the wing position. Um to, he gets steals. I think there's potential for him to develop as a passer. He actually kind of reminds me of Harrison Barnes. Mm. And depending on how Kings fans feel about Harrison Barnes, uh, whether that's good or not. Um, I know like in Dallas, for example, a lot of Mavs fans were out on Harrison Barnes, but I felt like it was mostly because he signed that big contract. And I think it was 2016 when the cap spiked or whatever. So I feel like some people were, upset that he wasn't living up to I think he signed for like 94 million but as time has went on Mavs fans really wish they had him on the team this year so um yeah just depending on how you feel about Moses Moody uh, I'm sorry uh Harrison Barnes I think that is a good comparison I've seen some people say his upside could be someone like Chris Middleton mm. which you know that that's an all-star for you um and a good second option I don't know if uh if Middleton is your best player, how far you actually go in in the playoffs. Um, If I'm the Kings right now, if I had to choose between the two, I think I may go with with Wagner. I feel like with the timeline and, as you mentioned, if there's some pressure on them to try to get to the playoffs and win now, I think Wagner probably helps out a, a little more because of his versatility.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you bring up Harrison Barnes because uh, with both of these picks, I I don't know, actually, do you view Wagner as more of a a three or a four at the NBA level? Because the Sacramento Kings, they like to play small and and Barnes spent a lot of time at the four, which many believe in the modern NBA's is his more natural that's, position. So, yeah. so the possibility of drafting Moses Moody means you can slot him into whether that's a starting three spot or him coming off the bench in that three spot. He can fit alongside Harrison Barnes there uh, and maybe even the same thing with Franz Wagner. But it sounds like what you what you're getting at is that. If the Kings were to choose between the two, Wagner has the higher potential to be the more immediate impact player, whereas Moody, even though he does have a high ceiling and could be a better 3-and-D guy, which, by the way, this team desperately needs, he's going to take a little bit longer. He's going to be more of a longer-term project, which might, I guess, turn the Kings off a little bit for where they're trying to go.
2: Yeah, I I agree 100%. I think Wagner's a 4. Okay, I think he's definitely a 4. But I guess the question is, are you comfortable with playing Bagley at the five?
1: That's a big question. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very big question. I don't know know if any Kings fans are just comfortable with with Bagley, period, at this point in time. Because who knows if the Kings are maybe potentially going to use this pick to try and package it with Bagley to give him some sort of trade market value to try and move on from that experiment. But Bagley at the five was something that the Kings heavily considered and something that Kings fans wanted to see a lot of going into this season. And then Rashawn Holmes had the year that he did, plus Bagley gets hurt once again. So there are so many question marks around Marvin Bagley. The best way I can answer that question is saying the Kings are open to trying different things, but they can't rely on Marvin for really anything at this point. So I don't think they're going to base any of their draft decisions off of Marvin unless it's a, hey, we're going to pair this pick with Marvin to try and move on.
2: Yeah, and that would be interesting. If they go with Wagner, then I think it could, you know, signal that Bagley's on his way out. Because either, if not Bagley, then Barnes. Because you know, there's three guys who, at least in my opinion, are best suited to be fours, and I don't think you can bring all three of them into training camp. I hope you're hungry, because I got a snack for
1: you that not only you will enjoy, it's good for you. I'm talking about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have nine delicious flavors like coconut, coconut almond, raspberry, my favorite, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, and more. Plus, they have their occasional limited time flavors, and what's great is most of these flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. By the way, they're covered in 100% chocolate. You can try all the flavors right now by getting a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. so You can get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like right now. Go to BiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. This Locked On Kings podcast is also brought to you by our friends over at BetOnline.ag, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You should know that by now. With baseball season in full swing, the NBA playoffs going on right now, you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including all the major sports, MLB, NFL, NHL, NBA, and all your UFC MMA action, plus great golf odds as well. Head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information and when you sign up you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit and all you have to do is use promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n all one word it's literally free money for you to win more money with at bet online your online sportsbook experts Is Wagner, in your mind, a, and even Moody, you could include in this as well, a starter level caliber player in their career or maybe very good bench rotation player? I imagine both of them are going to start their careers coming off the bench if Sacramento drafted him or if anybody drafted him. But assuming the Kings take him, in your mind, how long does it take for Wagner with the player that he is to work his way into the starting picture? Is it his rookie season? He could get it?
2: I think so. I really do. I think Bagley's obviously more naturally gifted and talented, but I think Wagner will have a bigger impact on winning just because he, he can defend multiple positions. He can, you know, if it's your foreman. If, if you ever get into a situation late in the shot clock, he can play pick and roll as the role man, or he can initiate it. If he is the role man, he can make a play in the middle of the floor to hit open shooters. So I think his intangibles could push him ahead of Bagley. And I think let's say they, they do come into to camp Bagley would start the season as the starter, but I feel like with Wagner, just the, the hustle and the energy plays, I think he'd be a fan favorite, mm. which can make the fans turn on Bagley even more, which would definitely put the pressure on the management to, to make a move. So I would go with Wagner.
1: Mm, interesting. Well, that's, that's good to know. Um, Naturally, once the, once the draft lottery is completed and we know the order, mock drafts start flying off the shelves, and, and we're going to have a ton of mock drafts to look at and analyze, and it's one of the most fun parts of the next month as we get closer and closer to draft night to see how players rise or, or lower in stock with every given week and any other new information that comes out. But one of the mock drafts that I pay a lot of attention to every year, friend of the Locked On Kings podcast, is is Sam Vicini from The Athletic. And he dropped his first mock draft today, and he had Keon Johnson Going to Sacramento at nine, the Kings selecting him, called Keon Johnson a a, a, a freak athlete, uh, an elite defender already, which immediately should be on the Kings radar. Anyone labeled a, an elite defender is exactly what the Sacramento Kings need. But there are, of course, concerns about his offensive game. He's a very raw offensive prospect, really doesn't have a jump shot uh, to this point. What are your thoughts on Keon Johnson, who I see going like in the seven, eight range in a lot of drafts going to Sacramento at nine?
2: I mean, I would like to pick. I don't think it's a bad choice, but I think it just all depends on the timeline of if they're going to wait for him. <laughs> I heard somebody make a comment about uh, him and, and another player calling them raw eggs, like they're raw. So it's going to take some time for for him to, I think, even really be a an impactful player i mean johnson is a freak athlete one of the best athletes in the draft uh he will defend but i don't know if he's going to be a plus on offense early in his career does luke have enough time which luke is not going to be making the decision as far as like drafting him but you know if he is on the roster is luke going to be patient to let him make those mistakes or is he going to lean towards playing somebody that that he feels can contribute to winning right away. So that, to me, that would be the, the hard part about Keon Johnson. I think he's more so of a guy that would fit in good with a team like Oklahoma State or, I'm sorry, Oklahoma City. I would say Orlando, but they have a logjam at guard. Mm-hmm. But I think whoever selects him is going to have to be patient. And based off of what we've been talking about on this podcast, I don't know if the Kings can be patient.
1: Yeah, everything you said there, Rafael, completely scares the crap out of me. And, and it's less to do with Keon Johnson, truthfully, as it is just the Sacramento Kings in their draft history. Now, Monty McNair and, and this new front office, they can't operate scared. And, and Kings fans certainly can't blame this front office for the past 14 years of garbage that the Kings have, have put them through. But at the same time, with the timeline that we think the Kings are, are operating under, the fact that this team has really struggled to develop guard talent that is like uh, Keon Johnson in years past, uh, there's just so many red flags there for me. But also the Kings have gotten themselves in trouble drafting for fit or a player that they think they could do better with rather than taking the best talent available, even if that best talent is more raw uh, right away. So it's going to be an interesting balance there. But for me, I think I would 100% prefer Wagner uh, over Johnson for a multitude of reasons that we've already listed.
2: Yeah, and I think it also depends on what happens with Buddy Hill. Mm. You know, it's someone that I feel like could be moved on draft day. And then if you move Buddy Hill, depending on what you bring in, then I don't know, I guess bring it in the guard. Because, I mean, I guess you have your three guard rotation right now with Fox and Halliburton and Hill and then, um, you know, Barnes. So even as a rookie, it's going to be hard to come in and crack the king starting lineup Hmm. just because you have some pretty established vets. Ahead of them, but at the same time, those guys aren't winning. Or even, I don't know. I guess I should say Sacramento goes on these spurts to where you look like, oh wow, they're turning the corner, and then something happens, and then you know, as you know better than I would, you go right back to to where you started off at. So, I mean, draft night for the Kings to me is going to be one of the most interesting storylines because. Like I said, you, you got two guys that are your starters that could possibly be moved. And how they, you know, which direction they go in in the draft will determine, are, are we going to try to win with this group? Or are we going to think about long-term?
1: He's 100% right. It is going to be interesting to follow, not just from our Sacramento perspective, but also a national perspective. There are a lot of teams. There are a lot of fans. There are a lot of media members that know that the Kings are wanting to be aggressive, are trying to make some changes And no better time to be aggressive and make changes than on draft night. We still have so much more of our conversation that you have to listen to. It's coming on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Kings. We'll really dive into the trade value of the number nine overall pick potential packages the Kings could put together involving that pick or even not involving that pick. We'll talk a lot about Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, Harrison Barnes, and more. Plus, how this draft can be used ultimately to help solve the Kings' issues or some of their issues and get them back into the playoffs. We have a ton of conversation for you on tomorrow's Lockdown Kings podcast that I want you to check out. But as for today, send me your thoughts on some of the names that we talked about. Are you a fan of Scotty Barnes and disappointed to hear that he's probably not sliding to number nine? Are you a fan of Franz Wagner? To me, he's the front runner, at least for my favorite guy for the Kings to potentially draft if they stay at nine. What about Moses Moody, Keon Johnson? There's so many names out there for you to talk about, for you to share your thoughts on. So do that right now, I'm at George Radio on Twitter, or email me, mgeorgesacklocalmedia.com. And please, please, please tune in tomorrow for part two of our conversation, and make sure you're keeping an eye out for my announcement of my special guest. I'm supposed to record that interview tonight. If I do, then I will officially announce tonight or tomorrow who that guest is, and it should be released on Friday. Very excited about this guest. I don't want to drop too many hints, but I will say it's a player. That's all I'm going to say. I hope it doesn't fall through. Things like this happen to fall through from time to time. It's the offseason. These players are busy. But I'm fairly confident that this interview is going to get done, and I'll have an announcement for you later this evening or tomorrow. So keep an eye and an ear out for that, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are locked on kings